Fonzie. Hey, listen. If you could put a song like on a jukebox right now, you put in a quarter. Okay. And you All can right. make it happen. Any uh, song. <laughs> what would you choose? In like a, in one of those diner type settings. I think because I saw this guy singing it at a park and everybody joined in. It was uh-huh. a very organic thing. Oh, I like that. We're halfway there. Oh, living oh. on a prayer. Yeah. No, because no, no. he started it. Yeah. And then a few people and a few people. And then all of a sudden, it was literally this park full of people. And they were all singing we're together. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It's just so sad. We got. I'm gonna pull it up now. It's, wait, mean, you don't know? I forgot who sings that. You don't song. know? Don't nobody tell her. Nobody tell her. Moment. Nobody tell her. All right. You know about the era it was in, so think about it. Don't look. I'm gonna pull it up. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Bon Jovi. Nailed it. Nailed it. I don't All right. Know why. We, that we took have a long to. time. We we have to we have to put this up now. In <laughs> fact, I, I, this I think this happened in New York, and I'm gonna share a funny New York story in just a second. Can but I just say? Yeah. There's no quarter necessary for this jukebox. It's YouTube. We yeah. love YouTube. Uh, hold on. Excuse the chorus. Oh yeah, there we go. Legally, we have to stop it. But yeah. Liked the yeah. I don't know that I've ever really thought about the lyrics there before, but it's like we've got each other. We've got each other. Yeah, we got this this band of guys here. We're singing yep. on this stage together. And we're gonna make this happen. There's I love something it. to be said about yeah. There's there's this thing about having people in your corner. That's exactly right. And the Bible just, says to not do this life alone. We're not doing it alone because we have each other. And that's one of the many incredible gifts that Jesus has given us through what he did for us on the cross. We have each other. I love that. I love that. You're um, not alone. Uh, there's, uh, I, th- I think that happened in New York and obviously Bon Jovi, I think from the New Jersey area. Uh, I was watching this uh, show on Netflix. This guy is all about, he's a foodie and he was a college kid in New York. Mm-hmm. And he goes into this place. He's, he's a starving college kid in New York. And he had about $4 in his pocket. Okay. And so he knew he could get something for under that. And there was this chicken place. He goes in he, and, you know, the New York accent guy that's that's serving. Give and, me your best New York. Yeah. yeah, yeah whoa, whoa, what you want? What you want? I'm, it's going to get, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. And uh, the guy says, uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take some chicken. And he's like, it's three seventy five, right? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, three seventy five. You want the potato? You want the potato? The potato goes with it. Well, the potato goes with the it. The potato goes with it. Huh? And he's like, it goes with it? Well, then, then yeah, I'll have the potato too. They get down to the cash register. <laughs> That'll be four fifty. Yeah, four fifty. I thought you said the potato goes with it. Yeah, the potato goes with it. Don't come, come with it. With it. <laughs> it goes with it. Don't come with it. And I just, I love the idea of. of, of first of all, we got to say what we mean, but also just knowing sometimes <laughs> you're in a different place. Yeah, you, people mean different things sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to have a translator along with you. <laughs> you know, I, speaking <laughs> of dinner, I was going through this, uh, uh, the part where Jesus is actually. Talking, he's kind of in the midst of he's gone to some uh, houses for dinner and he's eating with Pharisees and he's eating with the worst of the worst. And he's actually talking about dinner that really spoke to me the other day. Luke 14 is where this is. Uh, He went on to tell a story to guests around the table, noticing how each had tried to elbow into the place of honor. Mm. He said, when someone invites you to dinner, don't take the place of honor. Somebody more important than you might have been invited by the host. And then he'll come and call out in front of everybody, you're in the wrong place. 
the place of honor belongs to this man. Red-faced, you'll have to make your way to the very last table, the only place left. So when you're invited to dinner, go and sit in the last place. Then when the host comes, he may very well say, friend, come up to the front. That will give the dinner guests something to talk about. What I'm saying is this. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. Now, I want to pause there. Let's talk about this. But there's another part I want to talk about in, in relation to this as well. It's just good sound life advice, too, right? Yeah. My, my family calls it uh, big, big talking. Big talking. Big talking. Okay. You know, you say, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I bet I can go ride that mechanical bull. <laughs> you start talking it. I'm oh, riding that mechanical bull. I can do it. I've always yeah. wanted to ride a mechanical bull, and I know I can do it. And then in three seconds, you're thrown off. <laughs> but nobody's going to say anything if you said nothing. Right. And you're thrown off in three seconds. Oh, yeah. it's cool that you tried. Yeah. Or if you say nothing and then do really well, whoa. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of sound life advice in that don't big talk. Uh, but also just it wasn't only about dinner and being embarrassed and giving the guests something to talk about or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it's we should not count ourselves as more important than we are. Pride is really pride is really the worst sin. Right. And every other sin kind of stems through it. I deserve this. I this is my route and I'm going to take it. Um, I, I am more important than others. And clearly, Jesus came to this earth to be a servant. Mm -hmm. And we are supposed to follow suit. We put others before ourselves. I think, and and by the way, if you were maybe taken back by what Carter said about pride being the worst sin, I think the part that he said that followed it is what we're meaning. It's like, this is the sin that actually got Lucifer kicked out of heaven, mm -hmm. thinking that he could take on God's role. Well, really, you know, really pride is the, is the only sin that is unforgivable. I mean, it, when it comes down to it, you saying, I don't, I reject God. I don't need you when you grieve the Holy Spirit in that way. Whenever you, whenever you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that that's mm -hmm. that's not something that can be forgiven. Right. So yeah, I I do think you're right. I think any other sin can come just from that place of pride. Why? Because we're choosing to dethrone what is true, mm -hmm. because we think we know better yep. by putting that other sin in its place. And, and that it comes from a pride place. That's that's very interesting. Uh, and I don't know why we haven't learned that lesson. <laughs> We're always thinking that, oh, I'd like the, I'd like to do, you know, I'd like to be on top of everything. I mean, it's, there's that ego thing about us. Yeah. Or it's like the, the selfish part of that sin as well. I want that part of I want the biggest steak, you know, well, we're, well, we're raised in it. Well, just aim into that, but, um, <laughs> but we're raised in a culture that promotes pride. Bigger is better. Yeah. You and your car, basically, if it's a bigger car, it's a better car, more expensive car. Then somehow status is supposed to be the equivalent of what power looks like. And power is, I mean, even more so than money. I think money drives that. Whoever has the most money has the most power. But mm -hmm. I mean, eventually you're going to get to that place. of It's really about a power struggle. Right, right. And God says the power's mine? That's exactly right. By the right. way. If, if I could go back in time, I watched something uh, in my, you know, teenage, uh, preteen years. I watched a lot of VH1. Mm -hmm. And um, you yeah, know, well, I know because of your Bon Jovi experience. That's there. exactly right. You knew I knew exactly that, what to do. That top twenty-two they did every there week. It is. Um, but 
uh, I would tell myself now to not do that. And here's the deal. At the time, I'm like, well, what I'm watching is not bad. You know, you, the VH1 and MTV may have some shows that I wasn't even allowed to watch necessarily. Mm -hmm. I was trying to stay away from, you know, certain, you know, the sexual shows they have or anything like that. What I really enjoyed is the lifestyles of the rich and the famous, uh, Cribs yeah. on MTV, The Big House, The Big Car. All they're showing is their stuff and it's cool. To but that comparison seed mm -hmm. starts, you know, at, especially at an age like that. And you think, well, if I'm not rich and famous by, by 23, like this person is, I must have failed. I must not have a good life. And I, I, those, those things are, even though they're just, because having a big house or a big boat is, is fine. Sure. But then when you start living for it, or even if you don't have it and you start living for it because you want it that bad, that can go down a dark, dark path. Jesus was really cool about using dinner time to talk about stuff. Yeah. And I know that that's usually the table that we talk about stuff now. I mean, the it, culture has not changed that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, food is love. Amen. And we're going to sit down around this table <laughs> and we're going to commune and fellowship. Now, let's be honest, one of the biggest tables of the year is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those kind of get, I, they get hated on a little bit, especially when you think about the extended family coming over and not everybody gets along with the conversation. But Jesus used these moments as a way to not talk down to people, but to commune. Mm -hmm. And so he would use these story type examples where they were very effective because instantly, I have a feeling that he he knew that the story that he shared would relate. Yeah. Perhaps he had seen it actually take place at that very table where someone had to be put in another position. Yeah. Maybe he'd witnessed it. He certainly knew what was in the hearts of men and he knew their thoughts. So even if it hadn't happened, he might have just been like, you know what? I'm going to take this moment. I see what's in this this person's heart. And I also want to say, whenever I think about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I always think of these guys as sometimes the bad guys in the scenario. Why? Because they're the ones that are the least liked by us as we're reading the scripture. It's like, can't you just leave them alone? <laughs> Let them talk without interrupting and acting silly. Right. Well, it's because we grew up uh, perhaps knowing what, how the story was going to end. We believe in who Jesus is. And so these guys who are bringing up questions, we have no tolerance for at all. Because you know that they're the ones that are going to kill him. Yeah. No tolerance for their silly questions either because we also know he's going to take them to town with the right answer. Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus would say, whoa, 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 whoa. These are my kids too. I'm going to die for them as well. Mm -hmm. in, in process of them killing me, I will die for them. And I have hope for them. And there were several that would meet with him yeah. and wanted to talk. They were genuine in seeking God. And I have to remember that. I have, I have to remember to have grace for folks. And I need to also try to put myself in the context of that situation. What would I have done if I'm sitting next to a guy who's completely, I mean, just turned everything that I had ever believed was important a little bit different? Like, I'm going to hear you have had it told you so long this way. Let me share with you what God's intent was. And here it is. Um, for instance, one of the times he's sitting at a table with folks, he's being condemned by some of the religious leaders because he's sitting with people who are sinners. Right. And he's fellowshipping with them. And they're calling him out and saying, "What? why are you doing this? And he uses the moment to tell them one of the most famous, if not the most famous parable, arguably the most famous, the prodigal son story. Mm -hmm. And there was something that was revealed in, in some reading that I was doing last night. I never realized before 
that in the story of the prodigal son, and I'll give it to you in a nutshell, two sons, one good, one that wants to follow his own whims and doesn't honor his dad at all, wants his inheritance early, which is a big slap in the face in that custom and in that time. Uh, and it would be today, too. It's like, you haven't even died yet, Mom. Give me your money. I mean, my word. What? Yeah. yeah. But he does that to his dad, and his dad gives him his money. He goes off to Vegas. Spends it. And spends it and comes back. He wastes it. And, in fact, the again, the culture and the times, the pig is unclean, dirty animal. I mean, it eats its own dead young. It's just gross. Uh, so that image was used. You're in your worst place when you are feeding slop to pigs. And then you even consider eating that food. Mm-hmm. So that's how Jesus describes where this guy is at after he's lost his fortune. And he comes back to his father to see if there's any way he can get a job as a servant. And the father meets him by running out to him. So what would have happened in Jesus's culture, the the boy coming back home after having so shamed and dishonored his family in the way that he did, they would have, the community would have come out and this is very interesting to me, thrown a clay pot, broken it right in front of the feet of that child. And it kind of symbolizes your connection to this family, this community is done. Mm. That was the symbolism. So it almost implies in the in the telling of the story, and they would have known that when Jesus was sharing the story, oh, I know what's coming. This community is going to disown him. He's going to be out, right? Mm. But what happens instead, the father runs to his son, not to throw a clay pot at his feet, but potentially runs to his son to stop that from happening. Because mm. somebody the, else would have. Somebody else might have thrown it. Have done it yeah. And he grabs his son and he tells his servants, quick, quick, go get the best robes so that I'm covering him. I want everybody to know this is, I've covered the situation. And then if you know the rest of the story, He's taken into the, the party. The fatted calf is killed, and we're celebrating the fact that my son has returned. Of course, the other brother's like, what about me? That's not fair, you know? Right. And so there's this whole story that's unfolded. But Jesus is trying to present to the people in his midst that God is, is not just the God that we know as uh, Yahweh, which is this incredible, glorious God, but distant. Like, he's... Um, not that he's not involved, but he, he just seems too, he's so holy. I can't come near him. It's like that image of the king with the scepter, unless the scepter is, you know, bent to you. I can't come into your courtroom for fear of you're going to take my head off, you know. Jesus always talks about, in prayer time, he always addresses God as Abba, as Father. And he's trying to portray to the rest of the people around him, he loves you. He loves you. Mm. He wants to cover you. Yes, these other circumstances, the things that have come along in times with the the law that was established back with Moses, you know, there were very specific needs then and they were needed for the times then. And it's not that that is getting thrown out, but let me tell you what was meant to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just this incredible time. He takes during dinner, as you just shared, you know, I love it when he shares these stories. And it's not, it, it may feel a little bit like um, a slap on the wrist when he's talking to people, but he does it in a way that is not, I'm not condemning you. I'm sharing it. Look at this image. This is a clear story that you would be familiar with. Perhaps this guy was already ushered to the end of the table. 
let me tell you why that this is a good idea to live your life like this. And, and let me share with you about, you know, this is why I sit here with sinners. It's because I am meeting them where they're at. Yeah. I accept them where they're at. I'm not throwing a clay pot at their feet. I want to cover them with who I am. Well, in the next part of, of my, the passage that I was going through in Luke 14, uh, is speaks exactly to that. He turned to the host. This translation says this, he turned to the host and says, the next time you put on a dinner, Mm-hmm. Don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. Mm. Invite some people who never get invited out, the misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. You'll be and you'll experience a blessing. Mm. They won't be able to return the favor, but the favor will be returned. Oh, how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. And so I don't know. Uh, certainly, you know, homeless might come to mind on something like that. But I, I think a, a lot of us where we're at, it might not even be rich and poor. It might be those that have socially earned it mm-hmm. and those that haven't. And those that I'm not going to invite the type of people that won't do something for me. I'm not going to invite the type of people that are just going to take it for granted. I'm going to invite the people that'll clap at my party. Good job. This, oh, what a nice placement. Oh, thank you so much. I'll have to go over to my house. Some people don't have the the social the equity or the the personality to to do that. And I yeah. think we like the people who like us. Yes. And and, and so and I get that. That's human. That's, we can hang out with those people too. We understand that. Don't just do that. No, yeah. Invite all. Be kind to all. If you got a neighbor on one side that's great and a neighbor on one side that's well, they kinda yeah. I don't know, okay, they take care of their yard or whatever. And you're gonna have this get together, invite them all. It, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known as the children of God. They mm-hmm. are the sons of God. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be a peacemaker. I have a big problem with my mouth and I open it a lot. Oh, you do? A lot. Is that right? So sometimes somebody will ask me a question and I think they genuinely want an answer. And so I'll start to answer their question. No, they just want me to put up my dukes because they, they already know that they disagree. Oh. With oh. what I'm saying. Okay. So I'll immediately get defensive instead of doing what I know I should do, which is just to be still. Mm-hmm. I don't need to fight if if I know that what I am speaking is truth and light and love, which I know that I'm speaking those things only if Jesus has backed them up, right? If I know that I'm sp- speaking his word, then why am I getting all a flutter? You know, someone who knows, it's like, okay, I don't know sports, but I'm going to try something here. Okay, yeah. So Tom Brady, apparently he's like the best in his game. Uh, maybe the imagine, best quarterback of all time. Maybe, maybe the might best, very well be. Yeah. Okay, now think of somebody else who uh, is just the worst, maybe. Uh, me. I would probably be uh, in that category. The, the like. worst quarterback of all time? Yeah, okay. But for some reason, I got a bone to pick. I'm going to come into the, the football field stadium area, and I'm going to be like, I can take this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do we stand a chance against Tom Brady? No. Probably not. So do you Unless think, you wait till he's 90. Do I don't know. Do you think that Tom Brady, in that moment, when we challenge him, hey, we're going to get you. Like, he's going to be all a flutter. He's just going to smile. That's what he's going to do. He's going to smile. And, and he would probably just smile. And here's what I'd, I'm trying to picture what Jesus would do. He wouldn't do it in a condescending way. But I think he he thinks the way he looks at uh, out at people, he was burdened for people. He loved them. His heart was moved by people. When he saw the chaos, he wept for Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Oh, what you could have been, you know, mm. I want to be moved for people. I don't want to be moved to the point of defensiveness because now, oh, pride came in. 
Ooh. Pride came in because I have to be right or something or I have to do. And I have it in my mind. It's not because I have to be right for me. I have to be right for my faith. Well, th- your faith is already right. If it's in Jesus Christ, it's right. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I get that way of, no, no, no. I'm not going to give you the impression that I'm some stupid idiot that is blindly following. I need to make sure that you know I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's where the, the heart of it can can really go. Instead of going... Hey, let me peacefully show you why Jesus is awesome. Yes. Let me show you how smart I am and I just happen to know about Jesus. I mean, there's two different two different things. And Jesus would tell you, let me show you how you are not of my spirit right now. Because that's exactly how the disciples felt. Yeah. Whenever they went out to share just a, a, just a piece of gospel, just a piece of Jesus, a piece of who he was. This is the Messiah. And the town would be like, uh-uh, we want nothing to do with you. They'd be like, what? And I remember them passing this town. And literally saying, we should just call fire and brimstone down right now on this town. And Jesus is like, you don't know of what spirit you are, but it's not mine. Mm. So when you get in that place, ugh, we need to back off. So it's like, okay, if we know that we know the one. Right. And if we know Jesus, then we do. Then we don't have to get all, whoo, we get defensive. I, I get defensive so quickly. It's like zero to a hundred. I'm not even kidding. My husband has even told me. Like, Rochelle, you just need to sit. Just sit and be still. And it's hard. I wanted just you to do that sound again. You don't have to get all what? Did I say, whoo? Is that what I, <laughs> I was like, Michael Jackson. I, I was just getting ready. You <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. Yep, there it is. There's another jukebox song. I know. But anyway, I... I think it's, um, what were we talking about? I got all off on that Well, topic. yeah, I mean, there's, it goes all together, right? It's it It's treating people, uh, even if they're not going to return the favor. Yeah. Uh, but then also not thinking we're too big for our own britches. Okay, so, know? and the whole reason when we went down this rabbit trail, I'm so sorry, but the whole reason why I went down the rabbit trail is to be the peacemaker. You may be the common ground that people need. So if you have, if you've got people in your life that you know have a problem with so-and-so, and you are the one that the Holy Spirit is putting it on your heart. I want you to throw a dinner party because I want you to invite them. Well, yeah, I know your red flags are, are waving high right now because you're like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. But you may be the common ground that God needs to use in that moment as his peacemaker, as his child, so that yeah. s- some healing can begin. Well, you think about an office setting and think about where you work right now. And you think about you'd invite most of the people. And maybe let's just even leave the boss out of it because I know that can get, well, you want you and your coworkers want to have a good time. But there's also Deborah. Deborah. If we want to have a good time, we're not going to invite Deborah. Oh, no. You know, that type of thing. She's a Trekkie. I'm a Star Wars person. Oh, well, I got really intense now. <laughs> now I'm it thinking is- you really shouldn't invite. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but there's that coworker that none of you really care for because they're whatever. And if you're going to go off and, and get go to dinner or have a party, you're going to just silently invite each other and not mm-hmm. that person. And that's maybe the kind of thing that we're talking about. Mm. Being a peacemaker, being a bridge, and inviting all so that all of you... I mean, certainly the dinner could go bad. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah. But potentially... It's a peacemaking opportunity. And if God has asked you to do it, even if it does go bad, there has to be a reason for it. Yeah. I think sometimes you look back on it and go, well, that was a disaster. Well. You don't know what is in the hearts of any of those people 20 years down the road. And you, just the other day, were bringing up a very popular, um, I don't know if if you call it a meme, but just all of the ways that, you know, God loves a good disaster story Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he's the savior of all time. He just is. So, you know, you look at, 
you look at all of the past, quote, failures. Moses was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. David had an affair. Uh, Abraham disobeyed God. Just it Peter was a, was a denier. It, it was all of, all of these in, important people mm-hmm. in the Bible, and they had all messed, really messed up. Yeah. And I don't think it's that God causes the disaster. No, 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 no. Life got broken because of sin. This world got broken, and Jesus came to fix it. But he wants us to know that, you know, the mess out of the masterpiece mm. analogy. That is, that's us. He's like, I got you. I got Holy Spirit glue in my back pocket. I'm ready to use it here. So he can take a disaster dinner party. And he's like, I, look, I, I'm, I got this. You obeyed me. Can you trust me with this? Do you think even as bad as the dinner party episode of The Office, he can even use that? Man, all he wanted was that little flat screen TV. <laughs> And Jan broke the TV. Jan. Okay, if you're not an office fan, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, but uh, no, that that was kind of my two things. Yeah. Of, of you, Don't be too big for your britches and truly love all people, even if they can't return the favor. I'm really getting a lot out of um, uh, trying to discover the true Greek meaning just only because it sounds so churchy when I say it out loud. But it gives you I'm such... studying the Greek. The Greek. Look. I've never studied any language in my life. I mean, I, I had to take some courses back in high school. And then I married a man who has, he's bilingual. His first yeah. language is Spanish. I should have studied language. I do study him when he gets real mad, though, when he's talking. I'm like, oh, I don't think I should I do don't, that. I don't, I'm not going to repeat that one. I but, know a lot of Greek. I, you know, I, I went to college. So really? I just up and down sorority row. Yeah, just uh, alpha and beta and yep. all of Omega. Those. Omega. <laughs> Omega threes. Mm-hmm. Omega. Um, I, I was really interested in a documentary I saw the other day with Jeff Goldblum. And I'm going somewhere with this. The Greek has allowed me to, especially because the New Testament, a lot of that was written in Greek. Um, Luke was a doctor. He was a Gentile. He was not Jewish. So he was not writing in Aramaic. He was writing in you know Hebrew tongue. Um, so a lot of it was translated from the Greek. But uh, you get the context of it and you're able to... S- almost somewhat empathize, maybe sympathize is a better word. Empathize would mean I directly know what they're dealing with because I've dealt with these things. Well, most of the time I don't, you know, I, I can't think of anybody throwing a clay pot mm. at my feet. Yeah. But I do know what rejection looks like. Right. So if I understand the context, I'm now able to in some way empathize, I think. And I was watching this documentary, as I was saying, and he puts on this gear, this virtual reality gear where it, it, it puts him into the shoes of another. And they provide the smells and the sounds and the tastes and everything. And it was just one of those things that dawned on me. It's like, my goodness, it wasn't until he experienced this thing that he was able to look at it from the perspective of the thing. And I thought yeah. it, it gave him this incredible moment of just, you could see his attitude change. He went to a somber place because he was able to kind of experience different emotion and feelings that would have never known before. How can we do that on a spiritual level with others? I mean, obviously we can't wear a virtual reality suit wherever we go, but could we ask the Holy Spirit to help us out with that? You know, we hear the song, we've mentioned it before with Give Me Your Eyes from Brandon Heath. I think it's the same thing there, especially today. Lord, would you give me a virtual reality suit? Give me your eyes on a daily basis, moment by moment basis, for some people. So I keep my mouth, my mouth shut because interestingly enough, that is the one part of the senses that he did not need to use in his virtual reality experience. 
there was nothing audibly coming out of his mouth mm. necessary to to enlighten or enhance the experience. My mouth isn't always needed, Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Having a conversation with somebody <clears throat> and to hear them out and not saying or getting ready in your mind. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that that's hard when you're having a serious conversation. Yeah. It's hard. You we can hear about people's day, we can hear about people's funny story, but they start talking about politics or faith and you're just uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but mm. and what about just huh? And then just reflecting for a second. Because now they know they've been heard. Yeah. And you've done something that probably more than likely has rarely happened in their life. In anybody's life, right? I like talking to that person. They actually listened to me. And they didn't really have a big answer. You could blow their, knock their socks off if you like came back even like a couple days later. You didn't even have a retort right away or a response right away. That's really okay. It's just say, I was thinking about what you shared and maybe even be able to draw from it the things that you gleaned from it. Mm-hmm. I, I was really impressed when you said this. I never thought about it that way. Yep. And then maybe share with them. I mean, that's what a conversation is supposed to be. We've forgotten all about that. That with social media posts, we're able to just blast what we feel, blast what we think. There's no conversation there, especially in the comment section. It's usually retaliation. Yeah, but the comment section's good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just was waiting for an opportunity to actually do it. Uh, no, but that's good. You know, there's um, there's sympathy. There's there's where you're talking about of getting in other people's shoes as best we can. Yeah. Before we go, I do want to say thank you to those that have uh, given a rating on on podcasts. Thank you. Um, and and left comments. Uh, King Solomon ninety four. Uh, says, I've been listening uh, and always love you guys. And uh, listening makes my time go faster. King Solomon? He's uh, like the wisest I know. guy ever. I know. Rich says, uh, "Listen, I've been listening to your podcast for about a week or so, and I lost my job due to COVID. I've been working for Shipped, the, the delivering groceries yeah. and such. And uh, I was reluctant. I didn't really do podcasts, but I tried it one day. I really liked it. Now I'm hooked and thanks for being there. So, well, thank you. Thank, thank you, Rich. You. Thank you for, for being there. And feel free if you just feel obliged and you would like to give a five-star, a, a nice rating at least and, and a comment. Oh, I liked your first. A five-star rating, please. I like yes. That. Yeah, absolutely. By the yeah. way, Rich, I, I thank you so much for what you're doing with, with the shipped.com. Yeah, it I know that's helps keep people safe. A huge blessing for mm-hmm. people. Isn't that interesting that I, I know that there's pain losing his job, but at the same time, you were being such a blessing. That's very true. Very true. Oh. Did you say you had a question for me? Well, you know, Jesus did great conversation and stuff over dinner. I was like, do you want to, do you and Kelsey want to invite me over for dinner? Is that because my wife can cook and you really can't? Maybe my kids could come with my husband. What about tonight? Oh, I forgot. I'm out of town. To, uh, I need a better worst. excuse. <laughs>